We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Training camps in full swing. We've got a game coming up tomorrow. All kinds of exciting stuff going on around the nba make sure you are subscribing to the nba front office youtube cha channel if you haven't done so already again hit that subscribe button turn on those notifications as well and youtube viewers make sure you also like this video you can also find the podcast over on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to podcasts just search nba front office i'm trevor lane joined by keith smith keith plenty to dive into today i guess let's just hop right into it because uh the storm has landed james harden <laughs> Arrives at 76ers camp, uh, left before he could talk to the media, which was probably a good idea. But but he's there. He's there, which means the year will count for him, assuming he stays and doesn't disappear into the Colorado wilderness or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, hurricanes making landfall in Colorado. That's gonna, probably the first one ever, I'm guessing. It's I'd assume. pretty hard, right? I don't know how it would skip over the rest of the country. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it, you know, it's kind of funny with the Harden stuff because I think the Nick Nurse quotes where he did most everything, but he has to ramp up a little bit and, you know, well, whatever it was there. So nobody's mm -hmm. going to give you much of anything. And eventually he'll have to meet with the media. It'll mm -hmm. come at some point here. Then that's probably when we'll get the uh, next, you know, real kind of updates out of it. Unless later today somebody's like, actually, he uh, pulled his pants down and took a dump at midcourt and, <laughs> and we had to practice around it all day or something. Something like that. Like we'll find out, and we're gonna read um, a little later in the show when we get to nonsense we threw out there. Like, tell us what the most disruptive thing you could do is. That's also funny. Um, so yeah, we'll read some of those. Those were pretty good on Twitter. Uh, but um, I mean, all right, he's there. Like he maybe does go hard in training camp, or he goes as hard as he needs to. I'm still not gonna be convinced till I see him play a real game and play it at full speed like the James Harden we're used to, mm -hmm. that he's locked in and committed. I just, you know, I gotta see it to believe it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, We will get to those suggestions that we got on, on social media on what James Harden could do to be <laughs> as disruptive as possible, because that's what the report is, that he may indeed try to be a little bit disruptive. Well, a lot bit disruptive, I guess. Uh, we do have a little bit more news, though. Donovan Mitchell will not sign an extension with the Cleveland Cavaliers, kind of similar to the Giannis situation. Uh, it's money that's at the root of this. He can simply make more money by waiting until next year. So makes sense. I, 
I, I don't expect teams to start lining up cap space to chase Donovan Mitchell. Doesn't sound like that's the plan here. Like with Giannis, there were some questions about are the Bucks really going in the right direction? Are they going to mm-hmm. continue to push down on the gas pedal now that they've got Dame? It appears that those concerns have been alleviated. But Donovan Mitchell, this isn't like, hey, I'm trying to hold the Cavs' feet to the fire. This is more just, I make more money if I do this next summer instead of now. So that's that's what I'm doing. Yeah, and what happens with these extensions is most of these guys become eligible two years in to the extension. And that usually means that there's three years left on the deal. So they can only add a couple more years or in Mitchell's case, he is a player option. So he could opt out of that and then add three new years after uh, next season, not this season, but after next season. And it's just not lucrative enough for these guys to do that. The money in that first year would be the same. It's being able to add that extra year on mm-hmm. to the end of it. So that's why most guys wait until they're down to either the last year or in this case, maybe a year with a player option left. And then he's got, got a lot of things. We talked about this a lot with Anthony Davis, whether you know, you can either opt in to the player option and then add a couple years, or you can opt out of that and add three years. It just is kind of dependent on really what the player Uh, wants to do in this situation so with Mitchell no surprise at all like this is one of those things it's probably going to be a story and clearly it somewhat is because we're talking Mm -hmm. about it today but I I just I wouldn't no one should panic or overreact to this or scream and yell and see he doesn't want to be in Cleveland he didn't pick Cleveland in the first place and all that now we're still having this conversation a year from now then mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little more curious about what's going on. But, you know, a lot of that will probably come down to what does the Cavs season look like? How does it go? How does his season go? Do they take, you know, meaningful steps forward uh, this year as a team? And then then we may be having a little bit more different discussion. But, you know, I'm going to reserve all that for, you know, basically the next year. You know, a team that could be in position to trade for, like a Donovan Mitchell type player would be uh, the the Knicks. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Oh man, yeah. Let's start that up all over again. That was that was a fun, you know, summer. The Knicks fans are hurling their devices right now. I'm right. sorry, Knicks fans. Actually, I think Knicks fans might be like, uh, "We beat his butt in the playoffs. We're, that's we're true. good. We're that's good. True. We 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 like what we have." And that's kind of like a fun little subplot, right? To that mini rivalry. I'm not going to call it a real rivalry yet. So, um, hey, I keep meaning to ask you. Mm-hmm. How fun is it that there's a little bit of spice to Lakers Nuggets? Like that's fun, man. I I you know, I, I don't want it to go back to guys are throwing haymakers no, at each other no, no, kind no. of rivalries. Right. But when teams have a little bit of, you know, uh they, they don't get along, there's a little bit of irritation. I'm all for that. I think it makes everything that much better. And the fact that we're gonna get that, you know, right away this year, that that's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's I, I'm sure that was on the NBA's mind when they booked Lakers Nuggets opening night was to make sure that they they capitalized on that, because as Lakers fans will tell you, the Nuggets have acted like beating the Lakers was their championship. <laughs> like they like they don't even act like they won a championship. They just beating the Lakers was what they wanted. And um, you know what? Like I, I get it. Um, it makes sense. It's an interesting dynamic because there's lots of teams that hate the Lakers that the Lakers don't care about. Yeah. Um, that's, it's just the way it is. And it's not, it sounds super arrogant whenever I say that. And like, I'm not trying to come across that way. It's just the reality because the teams won a lot. There's a lot of teams, especially in the West that look at the Lakers as like their main rivals that like Lakers fans don't really think of as a, as a rival at all. So the way that you can, you can level that playing field and make 
that Lakers and Lakers fans see as a rival is by beating them. And so now maybe we're getting a little bit of a Lakers Nuggets rivalry, which as you said, is fun. I mean, it's, it's nice to have another team outside of just, Oh, the Clippers are super annoying. And of course, you know, the old heads like me are, are you know, anti-Boston and all that. Right. But to have another team out there where Lakers fans are like, Oh, okay. We got to beat that team. I think that's a good thing for the NBA. It's a good thing for the dynamic, the interest in the league and just making things a little bit more exciting than, Oh, I grew up playing with this guy. He's my best buddy. And we played AAU ball together in a couple of years. We're going to form a super team together. No, I want to see guys like actually go at each other. Yeah, me too. And you know, and it's, you know, this is our coastal eliteness coming out, right? Where it's, <laughs> right. you know, for both of our teams, it's, you know, Celtics and Lakers consider each other up here as rivals. Exactly. And everybody else is down here at best, you know, just kind of off screen there. It's just, that's how it works. I mean, that's just, you know, the reality of the situation. And it's funny because I see, right, Boston and New York have a pretty good rivalry in most other sports. Celtics Knicks has never really been a thing, mostly because they've never been really good at the same time. Yep. Uh, when the Knicks were really good in the uh, early 70s, the Celtics were okay. And then when the Knicks were really good in the 90s, the Celtics were not very good at all. So they've just never really been good at the same time. And then 76ers, that's kind of come and gone and come back a little bit. And the Heat have been a rivalry just because there's been a lot of playoff battles uh, in recent years for the Celtics. But it's, you know, it's still Lakers above all else. And, and I try to, you know, sometimes explain that to people and like, but why they play twice a year. And it's like, cause yeah. that's just kind of ingrained now. Like, like it's, you know, in those two games, even when both teams aren't good, it's still, you know, means more and, you know, means a lot there. So, yeah, but I, I, I just meant to throw that. I meant to ask you about it the other day because it seems like every day mm -hmm. somebody from one side or the other it's is commenting. picking, right? And they're, they're just picking at each other on, on stuff. And I know that's somewhat driven by they're being asked about those yes. things, but the players, clear they're not shutting it down, right? They're not no. saying, oh, I don't care about that. I'm just focused on the season. Like they are, like they're leaning into it too. So, you know, Get, let, let's go you know if we, we have a little a little bit of a, a, you know aggression on opening night you know so much the better because a lot of times those ring night games stink yeah you know sometimes the team that gets the rings gets drilled because there's so much emotion they're just not ready to play well hopefully that's know, what we see happen again yeah maybe we'll see <laughs> <laughs> except i don't i kind of don't think that happens with Jokic. like i think he's gonna be like Okay, can we play the game now so I can go home? Well, did you did you see he said he yeah. like he's picked up a basketball a couple of times yeah. all summer? <laughs> yep. And and like, did you see Jamal Murray's response? Uh uh. What did he say? Jamal Murray said he's lying. He hasn't touched a ball once. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't he, matter. Then they asked him, like, did you enjoy like winning the championship? He's like, I enjoyed quiet boredom. <laughs> like he just like he he's, he what is close to Tim Duncan, I guess, as we've had I going guess. years of just like Man, I just kind of go out there, kick ass, and then go. But on. even he's he's like leaning into it even more than Duncan oh. did. I oh, I, yeah, I think just the yeah. you know the, yeah. the the ironic big fun nickname for Tim Duncan. It's like <laughs> yeah. Jokic is is taking even a step further here. Um, no. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk a little bit because I could talk more about rivalries for sure. Maybe in a conversation <laughs> for another day. But uh, rookie scale options yeah. starting to get picked up, which uh, is a thing's got to be done. What by the end of the month? Yep, October 31st is the deadline. Anybody from the uh, 21 or 22 first round uh, draft uh, in either of those two draft classes, if they're still under contract, which I believe they all are, I'd have to double check that to be certain. But they have uh, teams have until October 31st to pick up their options for the 2022. 
2022 draft class, the more recent one. So like Paulo Bancaro's class, mm -hmm. that is the third year option. And for the other class, the 2021 class, that is the fourth year option uh, for those teams. So the reason I brought up Paulo Bancaro, Paulo Bancaro, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, the Magic picked up all their options today. The Miami Heat picked up Nikola Jovic's yesterday. Mm -hmm. They became the first four players. Generally, a handful of these are done over the summertime and they just kind of didn't happen this year and it's it is somewhat of a formality for this for i'd say like bancaro and all the guys i just ran through very much a formality those guys are gonna have their option picked up it's it's a no-brainer they're very good players or on their way to becoming good players there's a handful of guys every year where it's a little more on the fence if a team is going to pick them up or not. Mm -hmm. And when they don't, what happens is the player becomes an unrestricted free agent. They're, then the team is capped that they can only pay them the amount of their option. That kind of closes the loophole around, well, opt them out and then give them a max early or anything like that. You can't do that. That's not allowed. So that's just you know, something to kind of keep an eye on here. More often than not, teams are very reluctant to decline these in case a guy is, you know, pops in year three or right. year four. Um, that becomes a little bit of an embarrassment to the team because you used a draft pick and then you let the guy go for nothing in most cases. So you generally see that. It's usually if a guy truly looks like, oh, my God, we blew it. This guy's absolutely awful and can't play. Or there's an injury situation where it's like it's just never going to happen. So. Most of these will get picked up, but just you're going to see a string of these transactions happen all the way through uh, the rest of this month. All right. Shall we get into James Harden scenarios? What is what is the <laughs> funniest way that James Harden could make things uncomfortable or awkward in pull, let, let 76ers training up. camp? I, I'll throw mine out there while while you're yeah, pulling those up. Ahead. So, so mine that I suggested was James Harden shows up in a Clippers jersey. <laughs> I like that. Shows, shows up to, to 76ers training camp rocking a Clippers jersey. And then what would be great is if he didn't act like anything was happening. Just, just <laughs> show up and just go better. through everything normal. Don't even address the fact that he's got the jersey on. Just act like it's a normal day. Everything's great and fine. But rock that, that Clippers jersey. We had quite a few suggestions of pulling Andrew Bynum. <laughs> right, just show up and shoot from wherever he touches it on the floor, which would be funny because I'm picturing you know a little little scrimmage action. Joel Embiid outlets it to Harden, free throw line extended, and he lets it fly from 80 <laughs> feet away. Like I think that would be pretty funny. Um, there was let's see, uh, John Corrales who covers the Celtics. Uh, there's this guy I guess on TikTok who looks an awful lot like james harden yes and he said sends this guy to in his place and this yep. guy goes through the whole practice acting as if nothing's wrong uh there were more than a few people who said show up wearing a wearing a uh you know daryl morey is a liar t-shirt mm -hmm. uh there was a um he should shave off his beard and show up beardless <laughs> <laughs> that, that was was a pretty good one um show up demand a trade to the heat wearing a jimmy butler t-shirt that says tobias harris over me <laughs> um, which is just mean to Tobias Harris. Uh, somebody suggested he should streak, <laughs> run around oh, the court naked. <laughs> um, I liked uh, this one was um, give him the ball in the fourth quarter of a close playoff game. That would make the Sixers uncomfortable. <laughs> that was, wow. That was pretty, pretty funny. That's um, a good one. Pr pretty good uh, with this. Um, he should <laughs> show up with cases of his wine and cut a commercial in the middle of it. 
uh, wear, wear a Santa Claus mask that says Maury may lie, but I don't. Cheese steaks suck. Um, <laughs> this person says he should just simply show up. Just show up. Just be funny. there. Just be he just be yourself. There were a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of he should show up and eat something and generally very unhealthy options that he should, you know, sit there and eat. eat. A lot of them suggested he does it at midcourt. Did you did you uh, see with, the one that said he should show up in a Ben Simmons jersey? Yes. Yeah, I did mention <laughs> okay. that one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um <laughs> timely, and we don't do politics on the show, but lead lead a mo- motion to vacate the office of general manager and get eight <laughs> players to vote along with him. <laughs> it's just timely and funny. Um uh Wear up wearing a shirt with the photo from his final Rockets uh, press conference that says this situation is crazy and I don't think it can be fixed. Uh, (laughs) This one just made me laugh because I don't even really get it. Reenact a whole episode of the Great British Baking Show where Harden plays all of the characters. <laughs> that's pretty random yep and then then there were a couple people who said pull up uh philip seymour hoffman from a long case oh make it a rain <laughs> yeah make it make, yep. make it a rain and just i mean just hitting the backboard like you're mad at it yep that would yep. be a good one so, so there were there were several funny suggestions if you want you can find the quote on my my time or the, the tweet on my timeline and a lot of people you know with with pretty funny replies and there's a couple that that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read because uh, we try to keep it family friendly yeah. here on the show not not a PG answer yes oh man I I'm curious to see exactly what he winds up doing um, again reports are he may try to make things a little uncomfortable on the 76ers at training camp so. We'll see what happens, but I think there's a lot of good ideas. If he's happened to, if he happens to be on X and he comes across this, there's no shortage of ideas for what he could potentially do to make the situation difficult on, on Philadelphia. That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Keith, do you want to talk? Uh, do you want to talk wins and all of that this season? This season, um, projections yeah, let's and that do type that. of stuff. We have time. Yeah, let's do this real quick. So this came out of both of us have talked about these things at various times on Twitter. And it's usually just kind of throw out a tweet. And if you attach a number to anything, um, people, people are going to feel a way about it. Right. Unless Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the perfect season or anything like that, people are going to, going to kind of jump on. Meaning meaning if I say, if I say LeBron's going to average 24 points per game this season, I've got to have people go, what? No, he's going to average 35. You're crazy. Or no, he's only going to average 10 because he sucks. Or, you know, you're going to get all these responses. Yep. So um, you and I were kind of talking after it was, yeah, I had it the other day with the Rockets and, and all I said is it's hard to see them getting, you know, much higher than maybe, you know, 11th or 12th in the Western conference. And I had a bunch of people kind of say, I don't know, they spent all this money or, and then there were some who were like, oh, that's you know crazy to even think they'd be that good. Um, you know, again, both sides of the issue. You had it today, I believe with, I think you said, you know, the Lakers might be what six and four in the first 10 games. Yeah. Somebody like said, that. what are you happy with in the first 10? And I said six yeah. and four. And I had people coming after me going, saying, Oh, you're, you know, why do you, why are you being such a hater? They're going to be yeah. eight and two or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. people don't realize how difficult that, and what type of like historically, what that would mean. Like yeah. eight and two, we were talking about like a 65 win season. If you, yeah. if you extrapolate that out over the whole season, I don't think we're going to see a 65, 10 win team this year. I don't think, I think that's, yeah. A thing of the past and we we talked about that recently too yeah and that's that's really what we wanted to spend a little bit of time on today is we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. NBA. And maybe it's just new salary rules over the last CBA and this new CBA. It's gotten a lot. There's been a lot more parity in the league. Mm-hmm. The best teams in the NBA that you and I really grew up on, and probably even some of our younger viewers, used to win 60-plus games yeah. in a year. Now, it wasn't always like, you know, 68, 69, 70 wins. Those, those were very rare, but it was not uncommon for a team to win 62 to 65 games yeah. in a season. He might have even two or three teams pull that off. On the flip side, it was also not uncommon to have teams win 15, 16, 17 games in a season. The league just really isn't like that anymore. Now, pretty much the lower end teams are going to be right around 20 wins. And part of that is you don't have to be absolutely horrendous and at the bottom of the league. And there's not this race to the bottom because you just got to be in the bottom three, right? With, with those top, uh, with the flattened lottery odds, that's just where you're trying to get to. So there's no reason day one to be like, oh, hey, we're not going to be very good. So we're not going to play player X all year long or anything like that. Teams don't really do that. Most teams, it, it's kind of a January, February post-trade deadline that they're going to shut guys down and the league's even taking action to keep that from being, yep. becoming a full-scale thing as well. So, so there's that part of it. And then on the top end, as teams have really realized, hey, the goal is to win a championship. It's not to win 65 regular season games. They have deprioritized games, and we see teams regularly, even the Warriors when they were kind of outside of the years where it's like we're pushing for 70-plus wins because right. um, they were trying to do something special. Outside of those years, 
the Warriors really started with we'll throw away whole games, like not send the, the whole starting five to a road game or things like that. And we'll just we'll take the loss because we believe that's the thing. So it's just kind of I think we wanted to take a minute to reframe for people. Just if we say, you know, yeah, they're going to be a really good team. They might be the best team in the league. And then later we say, yeah, they're probably going to get 54 wins this season. Yeah. Like it's, it's, not, it's the new NBA. Yeah, that's it. It's or the same thing. If we say, yeah, they're going to be pretty bad. I think they, you know, they might win 22 games this year. Again, that's mm-hmm. just where we're at right now in the league. It's not, you know, teams just aren't going to be winning, you know, and losing games at the rate that they used to because it's just not where the league is at right now. Yeah, people are used to historically thinking a good team is 60 plus wins and a bad yep. team is like 10 wins, right? Or yep. 11 wins or, or whatever. And I think both of those numbers are pushing more towards the middle. Um, I talk about all the time, but the Denver Nuggets, 53 wins last season, and they were the one seed in the Western Conference um, pretty easily. So that's just the way things are, are headed. Just like, look, I mean, we talk about some of the teams that got better this year. Look, the, the Rockets, I don't expect them to be a playoff team, but they got better. Yep. Um, they, they got better. They're not a, a, on any given night they could potentially get a win, right? They've got enough, you know, competent players. Same thing with like the Orlando Magic, the, you know, the Detroit Pistons with Cade Cunningham coming back. Like there just aren't as many of those. All we got to do is show up and roll a basketball out and chalk up the win. There's not as many of those anymore because of the play-in tournament, because of the flattened lottery odds. And on top of that, again, the parody, it's affected teams at the top. And like you're saying, Keith, teams are more, reluctant on going all out in the regular season so it, it, everybody is pushing towards the middle it also means that the regular season games if records are that much closer if everybody is condensed towards the middle i think it also adds importance to the regular season games to a degree because that means there's that much more movement up and down the standings because yeah. instead of some teams having 10 wins and some teams having 65 you've got a team with 20 wins and a team with 55 that creates a lot more just kind of a, a tight compact nature of the of the table and then you wind up with oh you went on a three-game win streak you just went up four spots in the standings and in situations like that yeah and i think it's important to to know you know even some of the other measures if you're like yeah record doesn't always measure who the very best team is um if you use even scoring differential even that like last season I don't know. Maybe somebody will emerge and they'll blitz the league and they'll be it's amazing. Possible. Or maybe somebody will be, you know, emerge the other way and they'll be absolutely rotten. But like the Celtics last year, plus 6.5 uh, scoring differential. That's fine. It's just, I mean, it's fine. It's good. It was the best in the league by over a full point yep. last year, but that's not like, there's nothing where you're like, Holy crap, historically great with that. The Miami heat last year, negative scoring differential, 44 and 38 were down in the second play-in game, the 8-9 uh, play-in game, and they made it to the NBA Finals. So just, you know, just more of a don't freak out and go bananas on us if we mention a team may, you know, yeah, as we start doing our predicted standings or we talk about, yeah, they're over-under is at X, and we're like, yeah, I think they might be a, you know, 50-win team. 50 wins is pretty good now. It's just, you know, it's just, just reframing expectations a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Just like as the salary cap moves up and, no- and numbers adjust with it and we still get caught thinking, oh my gosh, that's so much money because, yep. well, but this, the percentage of the cap is actually less than what you're thinking it is. We we just kind of have to reframe the way that we look at it. Same thing too, I think, with with these records. And like you said, the, the Celtics at plus 6.5 were the, the largest differential in the league. You go back just a few years and teams are regularly 
you know, plus eight or so is the biggest mm-hmm. differential. So you can even see it in the in the point differential that things are getting closer and closer as parity is increasing around the NBA. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, everybody. Well, thank you. I want to throw one thing out there just really quick, just because it pertains to our show here, and it's something I wrote. I wrote an explainer for Spot Track on what Exhibit 9 and 10 uh, contracts are. A lot of people are confused about these, and um, and I try to anticipate or just – quite frankly, use the questions I get quite regularly about these. And there's some selfishness involved because now when somebody's like, what does this mean? I can just link to the article rather than re-explaining it. Um, so I'm not going to break it all down here. You can go over and find that either on my Twitter timeline. Um, you know, it, it's right there. Re, re- shared it a couple different times or you can find it you know on spottrack.com it's still one of the lead articles on the site so you you know should be able to find it very easily um and one thing you know just i I know we have a good chunk of uh lakers fans here and if anybody screams like hey these don't matter like these guys never make it uh dwight howard was one and played a massive role in the last Lakers mm-hmm. title team. He he started the the summer on on a summer contract, which is what an exhibit nine deal is. Played his way into a uh, real roster spot, and then was a massive part of the team winning the championship in 2020. So they they generally, yeah, you're right. Not a lot of these end up. I'd be shocked if anybody has that kind of impact right. that's on an exhibit nine or 10, but occasionally they do matter. And then occasionally we see them teams use the exhibit tens as a way to get a guy on a two way or shuttle a guy to the G league who then pops back up months later and in show shows up as, you know, all right, this is guy, you know, it really is something. If I remember correctly, I think Austin Reeves was initially an exhibit 10 guy before he signed his two way. I'm not that entirely right. sure on that. Um, I, I'd have to, you know, okay. You look. Let, let me look that up to make sure, because um, I think that is correct. Thankfully, he has not had such a long career yet that his transactions are crazy. No, he went right into it. I was gonna say, I think they gave him a two-way coming out of yeah. the draft. Yeah, he went right into a two-way. Yep. So, all right. So I was off on that, but a lot of guys have emerged off of these, gotten a two-way, and then become uh, rotation guys down the line. So, just something to keep an eye on with, with these the, these signings if you see one. Um, but I really you know, laid it all out in pretty great detail of what um, you know these these mean and if anybody, if anybody wants to check that out. And it's kind of a you know transact not kind of it is very much a transactional related thing. And there's literally 95 guys as we as I wrote and posted this yesterday that were on an exhibit nine or ten. Mm-hmm. So there's you know we're we're, we're and we're over a hundred total because some guys have already done the sign and wave for G League rights and all that stuff. But I lay all that out in the piece. Definitely something to go check out over at spot track and of course you can find keith at keith smith nba over on x in order to get that as well all right everybody that's going to do it for today again make sure you do subscribe to the nba front office show on youtube follow the podcast over on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen to podcasts till next time see ya and stay safe whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.